I mean, when I saw it, my interpretation was not this is like a serious piece of analytical research. You know, it could because obviously you could say that for any asset. Um, but it's it's sort of more a response to the uh, the increased involvement of retail investors. Like we've mentioned before in, on this podcast, uh, an article written in the FT about, you know, 12 and 13 year olds in the school playgrounds trading crypto on their mum's credit cards or whatever it is. There are some pretty insane ends of the speculative frenzy with crypto um, to do with, you know, how unregulated certain aspects of it are. Um, and that, you know, it's not the only place where speculation is happening by any stretch. But I just wonder whether it's it's more them sort of saying you can lose money because in that article, there was a quote of a 13 year old saying, you know, what would you do if Bitcoin went down? And they said, oh, well, it's fine because uh, every time it goes down, it always comes back up and goes higher. And just that 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 sort of incredibly ingrained by the dip mentality, which has come also from like equity markets, right? We see the buy the buy the dip mentality so powerfully in equity markets as well, and bond markets too. Um, but that this is more, it's not a sort of serious thing. It's more of a sort of don't forget that you can lose money. Like don't risk, you know, it's shorthand for don't risk more than you can afford to lose in that way. Is that, would that be fair, do you think? Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. Hello, and welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. I'm Kit Winder, and as always, I'm joined by Sam Volkwing. Sam, are you feeling better now? Uh, yeah, certainly on the mend. A uh, healthy bout of the flu. Uh, for anyone concerned about it being COVID-related, it wasn't. Um, multiple tests proved so but uh fit fit and fighting back uh, almost back to to full strength okay good well i'm glad you're feeling better um now there's been a fair bit going on while you've been away uh one of the things that has been struggling is uh the crypto markets and the tech markets which gives us as always uh, a lot to talk about uh and this week i suppose i was wondering uh you know whether this latest trouble is uh, something serious for, for Bitcoin. And certainly one institution thinks so because the Bank of England has issued a warning that, that Bitcoin could go to zero. And I've actually, I've never seen anything like this before in my whole life that, you know, a major financial institution has warned about crypto going to zero. And I just wondered what you make of this uh, incredible new prediction from a central bank. You know, look, uh, the, the, the Bank of England's a weird beast, right? I mean, I find it really interesting that the Bank of England wants to come out and talk about the crypto markets when previously they've like they've said it's not really a great risk, it's not a great systemic risk. They've, they've more or less said, you know, we're not, we're not that bothered by it. Um, and yet at the same time, they also come out and say that it could go to zero and that investors should expect to lose all their money. And yet all of this, while they're pushing this narrative that they want to introduce a central bank-backed digital currency, that they want to get into the digital currency space and issue digital currencies to people. And yet all of this as well with the backdrop of soaring inflation, which this week we saw, I think it was at 5.5%, might even be higher uh, here in the UK. The numbers that you see are actually usually uh, not as bad as the actual numbers really are. Um, so inflation is soaring, which means that the value of the of, of a pound in your bank account is eroding. So while their uh, dirty fiat money is decreasing in its value and does so over the long term, they come out and warn people about losing all their money 
if they move into the crypto markets. And I mean, I mean, I, sh I guess we should, I guess I shouldn't expect any different, right? I mean, it'd be like w when email first came along, Royal Mail saying, you know, email's great. Go on email. Um, yay for email. Uh, you know, you, you, we shouldn't really expect any different. Um, I, I just think what, I think what they're doing is actually irresponsible because they're not, they always bang on and the regulators bang on about providing, you know, the right information and helping people to understand risks. All they're doing is just pushing out these really quite, um, uh, you know, these, these, this, this lack of knowledge really that, that they're showing is that, you know, this could all go to zero. Well, to say that is just ridiculous. Um, and it shows, it shows their, their position really, it shows their hand. So, you know, I guess, They've got vested interest in keeping, uh, you know, their, their monetary policy going. Uh, they've got a vested interest in trying to justify their own existence. And they talk about trust, um, but trust in the traditional system continues to erode. So it's frustrating because a lot of people then look and, and think, well, these guys must know what they're talking about because they're central bankers. It's like, well, they know maybe a thing or two about the traditional uh, financial system, but they really, they're really making comment on things that they do not fundamentally understand. Would it be fair to say, though, that, uh, I mean, when I saw it, my interpretation was not this is like a serious piece of analytical research, you know, it could, because also you could say that for any asset. Um, but it's it's sort of more a response to the uh, the increased involvement of retail investors, like we've mentioned before in, on this podcast, uh, an article written in the FT about, you know, 12 and 13 year olds in the school playgrounds trading crypto on their mum's credit cards or whatever it is, there are some pretty insane ends of the speculative frenzy with crypto um, to do with, you know, how unregulated certain aspects of it are. Um, and that, you know, it's not the only place where speculation is happening by any stretch. But I just wonder whether it's it's more them sort of saying you can lose money because in that article, there was a quote of a 13 year old saying, you know, what would you do if Bitcoin went down? And they said, oh, well, it's fine because uh, every time it goes down, it always comes back up and goes higher. And just that 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 sort of incredibly ingrained by the dip mentality which has come also from like equity markets right we see the by the by the dip mentality so powerfully in equity markets as well and bond markets too um but that this is more it's not a sort of serious thing it's more of a sort of don't forget that you can lose money like don't risk you know it's shorthand for don't risk more than you can afford to lose in that is that would that be fair do you think uh, I, I see where you're coming from, but if they're, if they're trying to say, you know, you should, you know, take, you know, educated risks in your investments, they should say that, not just focus in on, oh, you know, your Bitcoin could be worthless. Um, I, I think what they're, they're doing is, is really, they're not, they're shooting themselves in the foot as well. Right. So a lot of people are just like, well, what do you know, uh, over the last decade, if you, you know, look at the long view, then yeah, okay, kind of in the crypto markets, number does go up. And yeah, look, there's there's some irresponsible practices. There are 13-year-olds trading. Um, so, so what? Who cares if 13-year-olds trading? Um, you know, I, I, I don't think, I think that they make the, the problem out to be considerably bigger than it actually is. If there's a 13-year-old that all of a sudden has become interested in investing or in the markets or in trading, um, Okay, it might not necessarily be the most ideal gateway in, but it's a damn sight better than a lot of other things they might be looking and spending their time on 
even if it's just playing Call of Duty or something like that. I mean, I've got nothing against Call of Duty, but we need to find a way to help educate people in a responsible and serious way about what is really, um, it's not a, it's not a gambling market. This is a serious global market with serious institutions, serious organizations, serious long-term potential behind it. And they come out and just throw out this flippant, it could be worthless. Bitcoin could be worthless. I just think that they put themselves on this pedestal of being an authority and being a place of trust and, and quality information. And then they go and spill off some kind of crap like that. I think it really just shows that probably they don't care about anything really other than their own self-serving policies, um, trying, as I say, trying to justify their own existence and the mistakes that they've made for the last 12 years, 12 or 13 years now. Um, if they want to pass comment about markets, they should maybe be start thinking about passing comment about how they said the inflation is just going to be, you know, a minor, you know, impact on on things. It's not going to be. It's going to be just, you know, here and it'll disappear. When in reality, the cost of of living for a lot of people is skyrocketing at a time when, uh, you know, life's pretty tough. Um, so I just think the central bank, the Bank of England, um, kind of should stick their nose somewhere else. Uh, rather than pushing people away from a market that there is a lot of opportunity in and that people can actually build wealth in uh, outside of traditional financial measures. And, and, and anyone that sort of denies that that's a reality um, is ignorant. And I find, I find the comments, typically the comments that come out of the Bank of England are incredibly ignorant when it comes to the crypto markets. They just see someone got scammed or they just see something got hacked or they just see a volatility in a price of fiat money, and they—that's it. That's that's the—it's puddle depth knowledge, really, um, and that's a shame because I think there's a lot of people across the UK that want to know more and should know more about how this market works, the catalysts that really push it forward, the development of technology that we're seeing unroll in front of our very eyes, uh, and how that's going to you know help drive innovation. It's going to help drive growth in the UK. It's going to provide jobs. Um, there's a lot of benefits that this comes. And then when they come out and say Bitcoins could be worthless, um, yeah, it's ignorant, for it, the way I take it at least. I mean, it is interesting because obviously the people who work at, at the Bank of England or it, it would be true in the Federal Reserve as well or any central bank really, they're going to be sort of brilliant, well-educated, ambitious, thoughtful people in, in so many ways. And I'm sure they could talk us off the table about the bond markets, the functioning of monetary policy, like certain aspects of the economy. So I suppose the question is, is, is not, you know, that they're ignorant or they're stupid or anything like that. They're sort of clearly very serious and brilliant people. It's more what I, what I suppose I find interesting, what I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on it, is how sort of the collective behavior of organizations just sort of drives a rejection of, of challenges and disruption. And I would see the same in, in oil industries, which just, um, you know, they have this sort of group think that builds up and creates a culture that it then sort of steamrolls on and it just sort of can't really tolerate or accept sort of a challenger like Bitcoin or renewable energy. Uh, and you just, you see this sort of through history really where institutions, they just, they can't get outside of their own bubble. It's it's a sort of story as old as time really. Is, is that what you're seeing here rather than just sort of somehow, you know, the least intelligent of our of our nation have made it to the highest echelons of the Bank of England. Yeah, look, I'm not saying they're not intelligent people. I'm saying staying stay in your lane, uh, and I just don't think that 
that this is a lane that they should be talking about when unless they can prove some sort of base understanding of what is actually happening. Sure, like you say, they know a lot about stuff and I'm sure they're very good at modeling things and doing other stuff related to uh, whatever it is that they do. And no one wants no one wants to be replaced. No one wants a, a challenge to, you know, the very livelihood that puts food on their own table. Um, you know, if, if an AI, AI writer decides to, you know, get into investment research and, and you know, our, our position and our jobs are threatened, I'm not going to like it either. But at the same time, you've kind of got to accept and look at what is happening and the future that's coming and maybe look to find a way that you can adapt to it, live with it, or if it's going to basically put you out on your ass, um, look look to do something else or at least get on board. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of smart people there. I'm, I'm actually sure there's plenty of absolute nimwits as well that have just become the dumbest people, made it to the highest of office through various means. Um, so it's a mix, but it's a mix like that everywhere. Um, it's not it's not isolated to the Bank of England. Uh, like I say, I think they just need to stick to their lane. Um, and like I say, it's the crypto market is a market that is new. It's, it's still relatively new in the scheme of things. It's challenging to traditionalists. It makes people think about investment, uh, trust, data, how you know people interact, how society even functions. Really, um, there's a there's a lot of levels and nuances to it, and so it's just you know these flippant remarks, and it's just as bad from the Fed and senators in the U.S. It, Senator Elizabeth Warren came out and was talking about DeFi and 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 how it's you know a fundamental risk to uh, everything basically. And again, it's it's puddle deep knowledge really of, of what's happening and, and, and doesn't look at the bigger, broader issues of why it even exists, trust in the financial system, trust in, you know, these centralized positions of power, um, which is eroding at rapid knots because people are having to, as I say, you know, spend 10, 20% more in a year uh, on, you know, bills and goods and food and petrol and all these kinds of things. Um, it's harder for people to, uh, you know, to, to, to live day to day than it was a year ago. Uh, and what are they, what, what's happening is, you know, you've seen these concentrations of wealth move to the fringes. So look, there's a lot of things happening in society, in politics, uh, in the financial system, in the crypto markets, which is, you know, really brewing and bubbling and, and, um, and opens up a lot of opportunity for things to be done better. Um, and, and that's what the crypto market really does. <coughs> It opens up a huge wealth of opportunity for investors. If you can get that knowledge under your belt, that foundational knowledge about what is coming and how it's going to push the market forward, you see stuff from the central bank and, and you just dismiss it because it's ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right to say it. it's so important to go deeper. And I think, you know, my point about the collective behavior within institutions is something that sort of, I can sort of feel and recognize in myself sometimes it there's that quote it's not what you don't know that kills you it's what you know that just ain't so and it's that thing where when you sort of build an understanding of something and you think you know about it I have encountered this very resistance myself like with cryptocurrency where I sort of I, I find it easier for my own view of the world to sort of reject that new thing or what's coming but then when you do sort of force yourself outside your comfort zone to like look at the challenges and imagine that what you think 
currently might not be exactly as you think. It's a sort of psychologically challenging thing, um, but I have found it very worthwhile. We hosted the Crypto Summit last summer. I spent a lot of time talking to you and working with you and reading all of your work, Sam, and I've found it very, I guess, rewarding, pushing myself slightly outside of that comfort zone to find out more about DeFi, which, you know, I'll happily admit I knew very little about not just a few months ago, uh, and all the other things that you talk about and with Boaz as well. So, yeah, I encourage people to, I guess, push yourself outside of your comfort zone and and sort of just find out more things about it. And obviously you you did that a long time ago and and understand more than the rest of us combined. Yeah, I mean, I just I just wish that some of these policymakers and decision makers from the Bank of England or the Fed or the Reserve Bank or wherever they're from or in government did that took the time to understand more before just throwing away these kinds of remarks that, you know, can be considerably damaging because, you know, a handful of people might look at that and go, oh, yes, I'm going to steer well away from this. And that's a shame because I think that to to dismiss the crypto markets and the development and innovation happening in this space and to dismiss it from an investment perspective and just to dismiss it from a, a, a sort of global shift in how we communicate and transact just day-to-day operations day-to-day lives you know people dismissed the telephone they dismissed the internet they dismissed apps and smartphones and these are integral parts of our day-to-day lives and i think the same mistake is being made today around blockchain networks decentralized systems cryptocurrencies and it's a shame because i think a lot of people will miss out but those that are smart enough or have their eyes open and want to learn more can do so. Um, you know, we do our best to provide information and resources on that. Uh, we've got, you know, a briefing live at the moment uh, about one of what I call the, you know, the backbone of of what, the, you know, crypto networks can become uh, and some of the massive changes coming to that in 2022. Yeah, that briefing is live now. I think there'll be a, a link somewhere for people to to access that so that they can learn and understand and, and figure out how this market really works. But as I say, it'll be for people that, you know, have a, an eye on the future, an open mind, aren't dismissive of things that might challenge their fundamental views on everything um, and want to learn more. And once you breach that knowledge gap and learn more, I, I don't think there's any turning back. So, you know, it's an exciting time. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly, as there is in any market. Crypto is not the answer to everything. I'm not saying that it is, but at the same time, um, you know, if you're getting your crypto information from the Bank of England, like I say, you've kind of got to question um, their interesting position, especially around, as I say, the the fact that they all want to push pretty hard for a central bank digital currency as well. I just, it's just an interesting take, I suppose, from from something you would expect the Bank of England to say. Well, Sam, yeah, as always, it's always great to hear uh, your views on these kind of things. Nice to discuss uh, the central banks as ever uh, and potential threats to them. Um, but for now, I think that's that's all we've got time for. Um, this is probably maybe our last regular podcast before the end of the year, but there is going to be maybe an end of year review or a Christmas theme podcast. We've got some things coming up. So stay tuned and, and look out for those. And yeah, as Sam said, uh, there is a briefing live. I've seen it and it's really good. So I highly encourage you to go and find it if you know, you're know you interested by the kind of things we're talking about today and what he calls, yeah, the backbone of the crypto industry. So go check that out and bye for now.